If I'd have thought about it, I never would have done it. I guess I would have let it slide. If I'd have paid attention to what others were thinking, the heart inside me would have died. But I was just too stubborn to ever be governed by enforced insanity. Someone's got to reach for that shooting star. I guess it's up to me. All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today, once again, as always, in the bunker with Kelly. Hello. This, Kelly, if you didn't realize or didn't know, is a Bob Dylan podcast. I didn't know that. So thank you for telling me. We want to spread knowledge here at this pod. And knowledge is power. So we, we take every single week, we listen to a Bob Dylan song at random. We then listen to it for the entire week. We think about it. We write about it. We muse on it, tweet about it, whatever. And then we come back at the end of the week and we join one another and we talk about the song in question. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the sum of the Totian functions for the first 12 integers. Another math thing. The McNugget thing was funner. 46. Funner is not a word. 46 is a rough, (laughs) a rough time. Yeah. There's not a lot of 46 out there in the world. So if you love 46, infuse the world with your love of 46. Because you know what? This is the first number that does not have a lot of love out there in the world. So, so now you're talking to me about tectonics? What do you say? Totient functions. Tijuanan? Who knows? But this week we listened to Up To Me by Bob Dylan. Sure did. Off of no album. It was released <laughs> originally on Biograph 1985, but you can find it on the sidetracks on the 2012 Ultimate Bob Dylan Collection. Everything went from bad to worse. Money never changed a thing. Death kept following, tracking us down. At least I heard your bluebird sing. Now somebody's got to show their hand Time is an enemy I know you're long gone I guess it must be up to me If I'd have thought about it I never would have done it I guess I would have let it slide If I'd have paid attention To what others were thinking The heart inside me would have died But I was just all right, Kelly, so that was Up to Me by Bob Dylan. Initial thoughts before we get into the song itself. How did you feel this week listening to Up to Me? I love it. Officially the best song of 2018. As far, not like, you know, best song, but the best song we'll listen to on this podcast. Is it better than Jeff Rosenstock? I don't. I don't know yet. <laughs> but yeah, that's my, my tech. We'll see how, if that changes. But I mean, Bob and a guitar. And a fun little bass line. But nothing else. That's it. Yeah. And then, surprise harmonica. I'm not really surprised. Incredibly telegraphed. I mean, <laughs> yes, because the line before it is like, I play my harmonica. But I mean, like, I didn't know if it was going to happen. Right. I, was, I was hopeful. Yeah. But I didn't know. So the length wasn't a turnoff. It, not at all. Yeah. Because it, it feels so like it good. flows. It goes. It moves. And that really is the, the tell for me for Bob Dylan of whether or not I like the song. It's like, do I feel all seven minutes of this? Or did I enjoy this it? Is no time to think. Yeah. No, it's yeah, not. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so a little bit of context. So this this was recorded over two sessions in 1974. One, September 16th, 1974. This is one of those we've talked about it now. We've had a few examples of Bob Dylan using this as like the first song. Born in Time was another example. Uh, Tangled Up was something that he had been tooling with for a long time. But Up To Me was one of the first songs that he played for what became this record. So there's some speculation on whether he really intended this to be a song or it was more of just like a, he's just kind of fucking around. He's just tooling around. 
Um, anyways, on the 19th, three days later, um, most of this record was recorded on that night. And this was where that take came from as well. On the 19th, in the middle of the night, uh, they were playing from 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. Uh, and it's just Bob and Tony. So Bob and Tony Brown are the only two people playing it. Um, we'll get more into Blood on the Tracks as we go because there's not another version of Up to Me, but there is an electric version, if you will, of some songs. And there's also this stripped down acoustic pairing as well. So there's the New York sessions and the Minneapolis sessions. And you can listen to Blood on the Tracks essentially in two different ways for oh. the most part. It's funny now, we, Tangled Up in Blue was a very early episode. We stupidly did not really listen to anything but the official release. I think we did maybe and end up – In real life. And then, yeah, real life. But we didn't listen to the other version on, of Blood on the Tracks. So um, that also existed. But this is only our second Blood on the Tracks. So as we go forward, pretty much all of them will have at least two versions. So we will – absolutely be doing all of that however up to me i couldn't find any of the others so i do not have them um i did a five second search so i I did not invest a lot of time in trying to find them i'm not fully convinced that they're like easily accessible so if it's out there let me know i would love to hear them um there's snippets um that i got from highland and from other sources with lyrics that we'll talk about later (laughs) that are alternate in a way but i just i wonder if there is i just i haven't heard it so uh, its status on Blood on the Tracks is another point of contention as well. I agree with Highland and a lot of other people in that I think this is the album closer. I think this is like a perfect pairing, a cousin, if you will, to Tangled Up in Blue. They both operate on the same principle. They're all jumbled and mixed up, and they express this idea of life going by. And, you know, at the very end, it's almost – it's almost it, – I'm glad it's almost not on the record because it's uh, it's a really saccharine ending, you know, like, please remember me on my old guitar played sweet for you, that old time melody, you know, and like, let me get this harmonica, Sarah, <laughs> and just play this, uh, you know, to, you know, again, we've had so much Sarah in these past couple of weeks. That's what you think the, the song is? 100%, absolutely. Yeah, the, Blood on the Tracks is the end of their relationship. Sarah came oh. a little bit after. So we're, we're really in the muck and the mire here. But I, I consider this as something that Bob was working with along with, with Tangled Up in Blue. And I think that he chose to not put it on the record for two reasons. One is that he wrote another song called Shelter from the Storm that is almost the exact same version, the exact same like melody, structure, everything mm-hmm. as this. Uh, except the song is comple- obviously completely different. And that's on Blood And that's on Blood on the Tracks. It's a fantastic song. Not as good as Up To Me. T'was in another lifetime One of toil and blood When blackness was a virtue The road was full of mud I came in from the wilderness A creature void of form Come in, she said, I'll give you Shelter from the storm But it, it charts a more traditional route of like everything is great and then everything's terrible. Okay. Whereas this is like, I won, I lost, I won, I yeah, lost. You know, it's it's not linear. There's at all. no linearness, and that I think adds to the tangled up in blueness. But then, do you need two tangled up in blues? Yeah. So yeah. I, I can understand that. And then the other one that I do agree with a lot with Bob is that sorry, Sarah. There's I don't think that that's an honest song by Bob Dylan. I think this song contains more honesty about how he feels and what he actually thinks about his life than he wanted to put out there and i think nobody except you is another song if you go back to like uh, episode 17 i think that was um that's another one that i think was the same Nothing thing yeah okay yeah. I that yeah and that was another one that was like oh just got a little too personal um 
And so maybe I want to pull that back a little bit. I maybe don't want to put that out there. You know, because that had the weird ending too where it's like I just sang this kind of dark song and then at the very end he's just like, and I'm in love with you. Yeah, out yeah. of nowhere. Out yeah. of nowhere. That was that's right. All right. And so there are versions that don't have, you know, so I, I think that that's his thing. Like, this is what you're going for, Bob. And then you take that route that's like, I hate you so much. I just like you immensely. Like, Bob, come on, man. You got to stick it all, all the way through on this sort of thing. So, again, we wouldn't hear this song until 1985's Biograph. Wow. However, a song that we did listen to on our playlist uh, by Roger McEwen, who is from The Birds, covered this up to me. The most generic cover oh, yeah. of all time. That was not good. And that was 1976. So in some world, oh, people man. got to listen to it. Yes, yeah, so this okay. is only a few years after. And Nobody Except You is another example, too, where he gave that to, I think his name was Doug, Doug Heim, I think, Doug Ham. I forget what his name oh, is. Oh, this does ring a bell. Yeah. So he gave that song away because he's like, listen, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do this. And so I think with this, he was like, I'm just not going to. And, and Roger, you've built a cottage industry covering me. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll give you the, the cuts here. It's all yeah. good. You're fine. Um, this song has never been played live. So oh, the song just has no presence. You said you had trouble finding it at BobDylan.com. It doesn't exist. It's not on BobDylan.com. It, it is on BobDylan.com. If you search it on Google, it shows up. The BobDylan.com search is garbage. Okay, like, that's the problem. I'm yeah, because it's not connected to anything. And in fact, I don't even know if it's even connected into Biograph because I don't know if they count Biograph as something because I think they've rolled that all into the collection, the 2012, I want to say, whatever year that was, the major collection where it just collected everything. Well, so, that explains a lot. Okay, because like every time I've searched for a song on there, yeah. it's the very last result. Okay. It'll be like, other albums, I don't even have the words that I've searched for. But if you go to the very last search result, it's what it's I wanted. The, yeah, but I'm so. saying it doesn't even show up. Yeah, so no. BobDylan.com, okay. it it still works in theory. But once again, IT Bob Dylan has not shown up to answer for his crimes. Which so are sign on the window is your go-to source. Is your go-to source. Yeah, you want to get the <laughs> info and all the deets. Uh, we don't have the lyrics, though. No. Yeah, but again, Google is your friend. Uh, but anyways, no, never played it live. Another criminal act yeah. among the many criminal acts that Bob Dylan has been <laughs> engaged in over these last couple of years. Uh, so, so Kelly, let's let's get into the song. Sure. We both initially said that we really like it. For sure. Yes. What are your real feelings about it? My real feelings? Yeah. I, I really like it. Yeah, it's another one of those things. I mean, this is not a surprise at this point. It's him and a guitar, which I'm really into. And the addition of the bass is really nice. Yeah. It's like enough that it doesn't feel like there's a whole band there because there's not. So it doesn't change the vibe, but tonally it, it it's a great addition. So that's a, a fun balance to get. Like we've added this whole other piece, yeah. literally, and it doesn't take away from that feeling of just Bob and a guitar, which is very cool. Yeah. I like it. It's like restrained. It's calm. It. Mm -hmm. It lets the story unfold without having, like, these moments where you're tense. Well, like, and, and like, also oh. for a six-minute song that's yeah. really repetitive, it never feels repetitive, which is no. very cool. And that is Bob's vocal delivery. And the, the lyrical Ooh. content. And the lyrical content, yeah. which is rich all the way through. Absolutely. So we're going to get into all of that. Yeah, I, I just want to start off by saying that I think this song is a masterpiece. I think the song is one of the best of the era, does everything that Tangled Up in Blue does, but in some ways, does it better? I think I prefer this more than Tangled Up in the Oh, I do, for sure. Yeah, and it, it, it touches on all the same things, the masks that we wear, the way that we talk about ourselves. The entire, the entire 
we'll get into it more, but the entire song is all about Bob justifying himself, what he did versus something around him that's crumbling. And it's been crumbling for a long time, and he's watching it over the course of all this melee, you know, all this memory that's swirling across this song, and he's watching himself, and he's justifying everything that he did. But in the end, he realizes none of it came to anything because there was a fundamental foundational flaw from the beginning. And he, he lays that out. Verse 2 is about as perfect a summation of who Bob Dylan is that you can ever find. And I think when you start off in verse 2 and you work your way downwards, you realize that, that is the, that's the original sin. And everything else after was never going to. That was a quicksand. And you sunk into the quicksand all the way through. And that is amazing. Amazing work. And it's really funny to me. And I can't stop thinking about it for whatever reason. But – this was a fucking outtake. This was just something that Bob never, ever, ever intended to actually be part of a record. He never worked on it again. He never was like, hey, maybe I could retool this for Desire. Hey, maybe I could play this live. Hey, maybe I could do literally anything. He wrote this amazing song with these throwaway lines that a lesser poet would totally keep in their little bag. You know, like all of these lines that he throws out on this song could have been just piecemeal taken apart and put in other places because they're brilliant. Mm-hmm. All of these sentiments are brilliant. And he just wrote this song that for anyone else would be a pinnacle of their career. And he's like, well, let's put it away. And I just, that's my favorite. Oh man, when he said desire, life. I instantly heard after every verse, right after up to me, I heard Scarlet's violin come in. Ooh. I was like, Ooh, that would be nice. Ooh. But just to fade out again, like you don't need it the whole time, so but just like, up to me. Yeah, yeah oh. like get in there. Whew. Ooh, but even like a nice quick, you just speed this up maybe a little bit, get like a fast violin I don't know about going. That. But you would like if from what I know of Desire, which is not a lot, it would be faster. But I want the same tempo. But I just want you know how the harmonica comes in at the end. Yeah, I want that, but with the violin, with the violin. after each verse. I nice. think that'd be really good. Be a ten minute song, but True. Joey's a ten minute song, and <laughs> this would be better than Joey. I like this version. I just I could hear it. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think that's completely fair. And I think it's hard It's hard for us because we just did Sarah and we, we've had all of – we've just really lucked out with like building this it's weird Sarah, Sarah story. <laughs> but even like the wedding song, you know, and, yeah. and from Planet Waves and that was episode five. We started laying the foundations for this so long ago that it's it's fun. I hope we get Idiot Wind tonight, honestly. So That'd we can just cool. end it and we can start like talking about this in a, in a different way because – we're almost there. We've almost got every side of Bob Dylan at this point. And I think this is this is another one. And, and, and so you're going to keep hearing about Sarah. And this song will become part of it as we go forward as well. Something interesting to me about the music that I think is worth mentioning as well is that it just starts. Mm-hmm. There's no There's no nothing. And it made me think, is there any other song that just starts by Bob Dylan? Can you think of any? Right Does it start with him saying everything? It, everything went. From there's no. Verse. There's no. I guess nope. I didn't notice that. Wow. Any time. So there's a few songs that get close. Hard times in New York Town. There's a tiny beat before he starts mm-hmm. singing it. Yeah. Right. But there is the guitar first. Uh, Clothesline Saga is so close that I would add it because I feel like they. You get start, to say this to like two bass notes. I feel like they do that only because. They're like literally hitting record. And right. those two bass notes are almost – there could have been five of them. But we don't know like where it starts. So that's a hard one. Then you were still just playing. Yeah, just like, start. Start it now. Yeah, so we'll add that just for the, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Uh, License to Kill is close too because it's just like, you know, three drum hits. And then he's singing. Uh, uh, 
Song to Woody is another example, kind of with uh, time. Same with Hard um, with Hard Times in New York Town. You just kind of like two little and then he starts singing. But and you've probably blocked this out of your memory. There is one song that actually starts right away, and that's. I just like oh I hear women screaming. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's so <laughs> this and maybe someday rarefied company. Uh, I don't know which one I choose better. I can't believe you even said that in the same breath. Yeah, that's that like was a pretty good. service to the song. Yeah, it's like we planned that. We did not plan that for yeah. once. Yeah, so that's it. Uh, maybe someday is the only one I could think that literally just starts. And out of forty-six songs, I think that tells you Bob likes to build the tension, <laughs> which is good. And if you were saying maybe someday is the one example of him doing this, I would say, oh, don't. Don't do it again. That's probably for the best. <laughs> but this works out great. Yeah, now we're, 50, now we're 50-50. Who knows what's, what else is going to come. All right, Kelly, I want to talk about um, I want to talk about the lyrics. And I want to talk about the song itself. So I don't take this song as a story in a way. I see this as like a bunch of vignettes and a bunch of examples of like Bob doing what he did for John Wesley Harding. Every single one of these lines can almost start a novel. And it would be compelling. And you would want to read it. Yeah. You, however, I don't know if you would have done this anyway, but I was like, I want you to pretend that like we haven't been doing a podcast for a long time now. And you don't know what happened in episode three, which I don't encourage you to go listen to because it <laughs> doesn't sound very great. But what was awesome about that episode is that you took – Tang Eleven Blue at face value, which you totally can do, but I don't think it was ever meant supposed supposed to be that way. And the whole idea was playing with time and stuff like that. But I was curious if you could make this into a narrative, and I believe you have two examples. I do, and I'm fucking stoked for this, <laughs> by the way, because yeah, I just I don't see this as a story. I just see this as like this is more like pure id and emotion. So initially, I felt the same way, that this is just set pieces of somebody's life. Yeah. Remember that one time. Remember that one time. Yeah. Which makes total sense. And that's how I thought Pingled Up in Blue was, too. Right. To a point. Like, there was a story there, but it didn't really make sense. And that I found it after the fact that, oh, that's intentional. Um, so that's my initial thought. But knowing what I know now about time <laughs> and how you can change it things an around. Yeah. Uh, I've come up with, with two possible stories for this song. They're pretty similar, but there's a big difference in in how it is. So I think that the song starts – it could also start and end with the same verse for me, which is the If We Meet Again, Remember Me, okay. which is the very last verse of the actual song. Right. I think it could start that way just by somebody kind of like saying, hey, like I'm remembering this, yeah. this, this time of my life and that's how I want to start it. But Important I question. If we started both of those with that verse, would you harmonica solo – Right after the first no, verse, and no. then just regular yeah. verse it all the way. Through. I wouldn't do that. That okay. would ruin it. Yeah. So, but the, if you don't harmonica after teasing the harmonica, doesn't that feel cheap? That it does. Feels it wrong. feels really wrong. Yeah. Because then even the whole time. So once again, we're, we're at that original door. sin idea. Like you, you have by by removing it as a final verse, you have altered history mm-hmm. inexorably. There's no going back. So we need to stop caring about the harmonica for a second and just go forward. Yeah, okay. but I also am gonna. It's it. Like it, it can stay at the end. It can stay at the end. Okay. Okay. For either version, actually. But for now, we're going to say it's the very first one. Okay. And then we're going to take a little trip. This is how I view it. With that first line, 
because he's saying, I, I sang the song with my guitar. Right. You know, I have the harmonica around my neck. I imagine him in a shitty club and he's playing music for the group there. And the, the club I'm imagining is like a saloon type thing, an old timey one where there's, Always there's gambling and there's ladies. But then I was, the fact that you said Sarah has really thrown me. I'm going to try to keep that out because <laughs> okay. I wasn't imagining her at all, which okay. is dumb. But, good, so I'm it's gonna. Good. That'll be my third version, just quickly. Anyway, so so he's in the saloon type club where there's gambling and there's also probably some prostitution. Also, the narrator for me. Just if anyone's ever curious, I'm imagining the narrator as a woman. Everything's always lesbians, for the record. <laughs> Everything is lesbians because yes, Bob Dylan's singing it, so we can assume it's a man. The man specifically Doesn't maybe matter. Bob Dylan. He's not. There's no identifiers for, for for Bob Dylan. So it's a. It's, but we can just imagine anybody, really. Imagine any singer yeah. singing this song. For sure. L- literally, anyone could sing this song. It's crazy that this has not been covered. It's crazy that me, I have covered this song. Roger McEwen has covered this song. <laughs> there is no one else that I know yeah, of right wild. off the bat that has covered this song. Okay, so we're in a digi club. Digi club, right. Prostitution, or at least just like people are shitty to women. Weird. Uh, in this club. This is taking place in the... Um, Seven Curses Extended Universe. Sure, it could be. Okay. Except for, I don't know when sunglasses were invented, so that might fuck it all up. Other than I don't that, think we have time, really. I, I, it I see it as like, it's kind of like a Westworld sort of world, where <sighs> time just sort of flows in, some guy in sunglasses walking around and like some spurs and like riding a horse. Like, Why not? That, that would just be like, that person's coming from some other world. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The Extended Universe. That's why it's Extended Universe. That's why it's Extended. Seven Curses. So Dupree is a, a, a bad fella that Ooh, he's oh in God. control of the ladies, right? He's pimping tonight. Yeah. He's pimping tonight. Um, Poor Crystal. And the the narrator is really into this song to me. Both versions are about the narrator and the girl in the dark glasses. Okay. Those are the only two characters. The girl behind the shades. Girl behind the shades. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the two characters that exist continuously throughout both versions and throughout the whole song yeah so maybe that's wrong from the gate but those are the ones that i feel like are the ones that matter so out of these all these women that are around he sees dupree like being really shitty to all these women especially uh what's her name ethel evelyn estelle Estelle. so dupree comes in and he's the one that's in charge of these ladies that are being mistreated the singer notices the girl with the shades yeah um out of all them who's also one of the the escorts or the concubines or whatever the fuck you want to call them. Right. Women that are being treated poorly who are basically in sex slavery and it's awful. Um, Seven Curses is dark. Yeah. So Bob Dylan's like, go on boys, play your hand, do whatever the fuck you want. That's fine. They're coming for you. Like the God, cops. Life are, is a pantomime. Yeah. 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 Just... But don't worry, you're going to get blown up. That's why it's like uh, the ringleaders from the county seat. Like your shit's going to get taken down. Don't, don't worry. Don't much time. Yeah. But through this all, he can't get, or they, whomever, the narrator is, can't get the girl in the shades out of his girl head. So revelation line. betrayed mm-hmm. with your touch. And then the the rounder, rounder, which by the way, is another word for like an old timey drunk person Ooh. who, or what did they say? I looked it up because I was like, what's a rounder? I had no idea. And it's. I just saw Leonardo DiCaprio as the man in the eye. Yeah, mask. I know, right? <laughs> Someone who is frequently drunk and or accident in a moral manner. Okay. Rounder. That still doesn't solve any mystery as to. Why the I mean, well, this, I saw in them, your world, it might make sense. I saw them as a, a patron of said saloon mm-hmm. who was a frequent hookup of the girl in the shades. Mm. And he is uh, the Iron Mask to me. I immediately pictured Richard from Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, okay. So he's like an old vet, and his face might have been disfigured, and he has something on his face. And the master key is almost like, I know how to 
Yeah, like, I know this girl. Yeah. If you, you know, whatever. Mm. But the narrator's love and intent is pure. So (laughs) they want... Oh, (laughs) Bob. You'll be so blessed to hear this. So they want to break her out of this situation. And I watch her disappear into the officer's club. Mm -hmm. I watch you go on yet another Mm -hmm. night-long, what someone could assume, situation where you're having sex for money or, like, forced into something you don't want to be in. And I've just been waiting to try to break you out of this. So I'm going to do it. followed her into the door. And then we, we jump forward. So the, the story is he, he gets her out of the situation. Like, okay. we're going to live together and it's going to be okay. And when you say that we jump forward, does the song jump forward or are we just jumping in, forward? In, in my story, okay. we're jumping forward. Okay. I didn't then, know if there was a first tie in the sin. It's just like it kind of stopped and then we're... Well, so the last thing we have is um, when we... Waited all night till Waited all night till break of day mm-hmm. and then we escaped. Okay. I took her away from this life. We ran away together. Yeah, I mean, that, that does kind of work. We waited all yeah. night till the break of day, till one of us could be freed. When the dawn came over the river's bridge, I knew it was up to me. Yeah. yeah. He almost, like, went in and saved her. Okay, yeah. that's kind of a dramatic... Uh, what, yeah, because even the next verse there, I think it's the Sermon on the Mount one, it's like, oh, this is just another random verse. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, 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 I'm with you. Yeah. We're rolling. So the next thing, we fast forward, and we're working... In a, we're in a small town doing whatever, and I'm working a job at the post office, and we're just trying to live our life, right? I see where you're going with this. They're <laughs> Dude, looking for her. No, that's okay. No, no. She, uh, the note left in the bottle. She's wondering. Give her tits to uh, about. While they're just living this simple life, and he's cheating, he's stepping out, oh, and he's like, I "Don't, don't he worry about it." Good, yeah, I know. That's why there's two versions of the song in my head. There's two stories. So this version, they just live a simple life in the, you know middle of america somewhere yeah. and bob as he is wont to do is mm-hmm. stepping out with estelle and he's like no no it doesn't actually mean that much and then he's like but i did meet somebody face to face and i removed my hat like i did actually meet somebody and i do like her but she's not going to make a move so i'm going to have to so he does mm-hmm. start cheating right um and then they follow everything falls apart because mm-hmm. they break up and uh we again are jumping forward in time They've been split up for a while, and then suddenly he's on a train, and I'm like, "We're I'm going to try to get back to you. I need to figure out where you went, and I fucked up, but I know, and I know, but I I want to repair this relationship, so I'm going to come back to you. Essentially the same ending as Tangled Up in Blue. That's sort of how it starts, you know? I'm going to get on back again. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, the sermon line is that, like, they do rekindle their relationship. Maybe they get married, and maybe that's the, the sermon that they're hearing. And uh, well, if he he's married to the Sermon on the Mount. That would be highly unusual <laughs> and awkward. I don't know how that works. Okay, but they were. But I, I or they me. were just in church. Like they were. Hang, they were at a function where they were hanging out together, and he was reflecting upon this yeah. time. Hell and yeah. he. So the the final two verses are the first two verses. Uh, I would have never done it if I wouldn't know what yeah. happened, and everything went from bad to worse. And then he solos with the harmonica. Yeah. Yeah. So, so verse two is the final verse. Yeah, yeah, everything. I well, no, verse one is the final verse. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that would have been governed by enforced insanity. That would be the second to last verse. Right, right. And then the last verse would be um, everything went from bad to worse. Yeah. Okay, so essentially summing up what you just heard. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. So that's that's, that's rad. Version. That's yeah. rad. Okay, so then the other one's kind of close to that but has different. Similar, yeah. But we, I really focused more on – the first two verses. And again, they're the last two verses for me. So yeah. I thought if I would have thought about it, I never would have done it. And I would have let it slide. So and then the the very last verse again is still though. Everything went from bad to worse. So the first verse is again, if we never meet again, maybe because mm-hmm. like this is because what this song is to me, this is the first story I thought about is somebody in prison thinking about their lives. OK, so. 
it could either start with the first two as they start, which is how this spiraled out for me. Mm-hmm. If I thought about it, I never would have done it. Right. But I thought it was a nicer narrative in my head if the first thing he's singing about is like, remember what I used to sing to you? So same thing. He's still, okay. the narrator's still a singer in a club. And we're like, he's still talking about, like, he sees this girl we in the We just trap. see his, his end circumstances differently. Like things, he's but, in jail. But now, it's so. a little bit different. Okay. Because the the next verse, so the first verse is if we never meet again. Because mm-hmm. he's thinking about when I used to play the guitar for you. Okay. The next verse is, it was like a le- revelation. Because immediately he meets the girl at the club, at the skeezy club. And then there's a, uh, a note left in the bottle you can give to Estelle. Because there's so many girls around. She's like, oh, you don't really like me. You like one of the other girls. Like, fuck you. I'm not going to take you seriously. And, but he's while he's there, he's like, I can't believe these people treat you guys like this. This is garbage. Like, you, yeah. This is a fucked up bar situation. Like, I'm only here because I'm trying to make a couple bucks playing music. And then he's... She's like, you know, the girl in the glasses is like, I don't really want to do this anymore. We should figure something out. And one night Dupree comes in. Yeah, and Dupree's like, about to show up pimping. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm worried now. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I know Dupree's showing, but yeah. maybe you're going to admit that line. Who knows? And Dupree's like wiling out and he's like, no, that the girl in the shade, she's mine, man. You can't do this. We're like, this is, you know what this is. This is a brothel more or less, right? Yeah. This is what's up. And We're paying you to sing. Just sing and shut But the narrator's like, but I can't rest without your love. I need your company. I got it. If you're not willing to cross that line, I guess it's going to be up to me. So, <laughs> go on, boys. Enjoy your last drinks. So you're saying that this takes on a murderous tone. Ooh, <laughs> I like that tone. So the narrator, yeah, I couldn't decide if either they rob the place. No, they murdered Dupree. But I think they kill everybody. Hell yeah. So I think they take down Dupree. Fuck yeah. And I watched you slowly disappear into the, the officer's club is... I watched you go to jail. We, bo- we both got arrested. The officer's club. Oh, we both got arrested. Damn, that's good. And, uh, but I broke, we, we broke out. Like yeah, we were in, we, so we're in whatever shitty little jail there was, but we yeah. broke out. We figured it out. So now we're on the run. So like I broke out, waited all night and then I got you re- out. Got you out. Yeah. Or you showed up, you know. Because we murdered everyone. Or at least you were complicit in the murder, right? So that's the thing. I murdered Dupree. I took down Dupree. But you knew about it. And yeah. like, that's, you can't do that. No. Can't be an accomplice to murder. No. So at first they're on the run together and he's working at the post office and at the post office, there's a wanted sign for her. Uh-huh. And he's like, I'm going to take that down real quick. You look a little more now, my friend. Exactly. And the next thing we do is he meets a girl at the post office. Like, oh, I think that actually that, like sorry, that even makes it better because it's like they would have chosen the photo that they would have taken immediately after. Like yeah, when they, when they were arrested, mm-hmm. yeah. So you look a little burned out. Like, she literally is. She has been in sex slavery this whole time. Yeah, but so, this is years later. Yeah, she now looks radiant, and she's mm-hmm. happy, and she's living her life. And it's like, oh, you're showing the worst of her. You look a little burned out, my friend. Yeah. So it's kind of a casual sort of the way that he throws it off, but it's it's still dark and deep. Yeah, I like yeah. that a lot. Mm. So he meets this girl, and she's everything I need in love, but she's got... Can't be swayed by that. Can't be swayed by that, because I got... Old girl murderess partner. Oh no! And uh, but they break up because like Bob can't help himself. Well, it's also a hard thing. I'm sure it's a hard rock to be in your relationship. I mean, yeah. we saw that on uh, the latest season of Black Mirror. It's hard <laughs> to keep a relationship together after you. Were. Well, the biggest thing is, um, oh yeah, death kept following, following tracking us down. Yeah. So they have this specter of their relationship the whole time, and it's fucked up. So he's working at the post office and just like trying to live this incognito life and he meets this girl and he starts thinking about like what am i doing like yeah. what am i fucking doing i'm we have to live in hiding we have to assume these identities because i did something 
and like that causes tension in their relationship and 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 they break apart and they keep living in hiding but then bob tries to get back to her i gotta find your trail i gotta figure out where you are and they reunite similar to the other story but the sermon this time is they do go to church and bob has a revelation like Mm. i know what i have to do i have to turn myself in the only way to set you free is by taking credit for this and turning myself in and that and then we revisit him back in the jail cell we start with him in the jail cell thinking about his life and we're back in the jail cell if i would have thought about it i would have never done it Mm. that's all yeah damn and what was three with sarah oh yeah now that it's sarah i'm like that's so true. I mean, it's it's still kind of true, but it's it's like a hyperbole version of their life yeah, yeah. because she was working at a Playboy Club, and like this oh, is yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, yeah. this is really. Th- there are parts of this that are absolutely well, true. Well, that makes her. Tangled Up in Blue make some more sense too, where they meet inside of the club as well. Yeah, exactly. They bend over and tie her shoelaces, and yep. Yeah, even though they they didn't meet like that. It's no, still they meant that bringing, wedding. Yeah, yeah, it's still bringing that real lifeness to it. Yeah, I think yeah, that idea of Sarah is the same idea of Sarah here, where it's like. Somebody working in a skeezy fucking bar where yeah. people are taking advantage of her. And, like, while I was visualizing the story of the song, I was doing it in the style of After the Party. Ooh, yeah, yeah. The okay. Metzinger's video for the yeah. song. Um, oh, where it's those quick flashes and yeah. sing all the lights. So yeah. there's a third version of the song that exists that's a little more pure at heart and just vignettes, where it's just a person that was in a tumultuous relationship and they show the little pieces of it. And, like, I think that's probably the most realistic one. I like to imagine Bob, like, in that video. Yeah. After the party. Yeah, well, see, in that. And he's like, his earring flips over. It's me (laughs) and you. In that version of this, uh, the post office is another name of a club. And he's taking the picture down because if you're, at least in TV shows, girls like Flash or whatever. So he's taking your boobs down from the Nice. Or it could be like, you're not allowed to drink here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I am allowed to drink here. Yeah, but it would just be that quick flash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. this is, like, this is what you would do in, like, a video like that after the party by the Mensigers, except that there's not enough to even fill a music video. Like, if you took that and broke it down into the verses, that would be, like, a 70-verse song. You know, all those little tiny moments mm-hmm. broken down. But, yeah, you could show every one of those, and it would totally make sense. Yeah. And be disjointed as hell. So, Hell yeah. That's great. I really like that a lot. That's and it's incredible. a real testament to the power of the, the poetry in the, the song. The poetry and the writing, yeah. Because they are such strong things on their own that you can really, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about all of those things. So we went through a whole lot of it there. But I just want to highlight some of the things that I personally have loved for pretty much the entire time I've been listening to Bob Dylan. So I was lucky enough to hear this song pretty quickly. Biograph, Coconuts Music, if anybody out there oh, remembers shit, Coconuts, Coconuts. They went out of business. Um, God, who knows when. But they were selling all their box sets and stuff for like $10. That's where I bought the Bootleg Series Volume 1 through 3. I bought Biograph that day um, for like 40 bucks. I basically 120% upped my Bob Dylan collection, you know. And this was the days when that stuff wasn't on Napster. It wasn't on Kazaa. It wasn't on LimeWire. You know, you couldn't easily download something that wasn't Highway 61 revisited. Mm. You know, it, people weren't sharing. It was like up to me. You, you want know? to be pop music. I mean, yeah, it's very. You want your Limp Biscuit? You yeah. got your Limp Biscuit. You You're fine. Yeah. But, you know, you're trying to get that is a, a different world. So for me, CDs were the only way into that. And, and that'll tie into the end when we talk about the song on a personal level. But I just want to like throw a couple things out there that we've sort of skipped, talked about a little bit as we've gone on. That, that verse, that if I'd have thought about it, I never would have done it. I guess I would have let it slide. If I'd have lived my life by what others were thinking, the heart inside me would have died. I was just too stubborn to ever be governed by enforced insanity. Yeah. I mean, that internal line. just too stubborn to ever be governed 
by enforced insanity. So good. Someone had to reach for the rising star. I guess it was up to me. That right there, those four lines, that is Bob Dylan. If I had to live inside of someone else's cage, I would have gone crazy. Mm -hmm. This is another just like Black Diamond Bay that I love singing in my car by myself. All of his up to me's are incredible. I love them. And now thinking about Scarlet being on there. Oh, yeah, I'm right. I'm never going to let that go. <laughs> um, but when he sings like, uh, you know, I didn't do it, didn't do it consciously. I didn't do it consciously. Mm-hmm. Like there's like the twang there. It feels good. The old rounder in the iron mask. Like, oh, man, you're really like repping that. I love that. Um, I would have followed you in the doer. The doer. <laughs> doer. Well, I just can't rest without your love. I need your company. Like the way he says company, like it just feels like he like has opened up the universe. Is like com- be my company. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't know. It's like really hard to like articulate. But when you're singing it, you're just you're doing it. You're doing the accents. You're doing everything that Bob's doing. And he's rhyming a few lines in here with the way he sings it, which we yeah. talk about in Sarah and Black Diamond Bay. That Im- amazing internal rhyme when you're doing Soviet Ambassador with, where right. you're rhyming French with the line up above, like the lines that would begin, like I said, a novel. Imagine sitting down to read a book and it's everything went from bad to worse. Money never changed a thing. That's a perfect opening line. Like I want to read more. What what does that even mean? I've only got me one good shirt left, and it smells of stale perfume. I don't need to know anything more. In one sentence, you've described the lonesomeness of this person, the longing, the I mean, a place that I don't want to be in. Have one shirt. Like, what the hell's going on? What happened to you? In 14 months, I've only smiled once and I didn't do it consciously. That's the other internal rhyme one. That was oh, really good, yeah. That's a great line. It's because he's on the run, Daniel. He doesn't have any money. He's out of clothes. That's true. <laughs> it all makes sense in that. But, but even just without the context, you're just like, well, that's the thing. So your novels are perfect. Like your novel begins in 14 months. I've only smiled once and I didn't do it consciously. Yeah. Boom. And then you go back to I was hired at this club, uh, you know, three years ago. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? And I love it. Um, it didn't amount to anything more than what the broken glass reflects. Oh, yeah. Boom. And then you just move on and you start talking to him. We both heard voices for a while. Now the rest is history. That's about as good of a summation as like what it is to be in a relationship with somebody and to have it fall apart yeah. as there will ever be written. We both heard voices for a while and the rest is history. Amazing. The girl with me behind the shades, she ain't my property. Oh, the girl behind the shades. Is, I mean, oh, I just like I love that so much. When you bite off more than you can chew, you got to pay the penalty. I love that. Another nice little aphorism. Thanks, Bob. Mm-hmm. Still giving it to us. It's also evocative and mysterious. Like, that's what I love about this. You tried to break it down. But at the end of the day, like, it's a creepy song. It's a surreal 60s type of song. Like, the old rounder in the iron mask slipped me the master key. Like, that's weird. Like, what's happening here? What is the officer's club? Where is the Thunderbird Cafe? Why are you a postal clerk? What's going on? Because I just imagine it. I'm thinking of it now. I'm like, with your story, too, it's like, this is rain-drenched. Yeah, we're definitely, like... There's fog everywhere all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Who's Dupree? Who's Crystal? Who's Estelle? The girl behind the shades is probably like my favorite person in the world. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount reference is weird. Um, why did he remove his hat? What, what is that? For you, it's more like a doffing thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, you know, like 
I'll sleep with you over here, but this is someone that I want to take my hat off to. Almost like this is a proper relationship. Well, that could just... fit into my narrative too of like I want to be the person I was, not this assumed identity. I'm going to take my hat off and she's going to see the real me. The real you. I can't do that. Oh my God, I'm a murderer. I can't do that. <laughs> but it's fair. So, But I mean, but still, if, if we don't think about it in that context, it's like what is the hat taking off about? Right. What is taking down the wall, the picture down from the wall about? Uh, and who are these ringleaders from the county seat that tell you that you don't have that much time? That's creepy. So I, I just love the mystery of it. Like, I don't know who any of those are, but it just means something different as you go on. The ending of the song is, I think, one of the best endings to a Bob Dylan song ever. Not only does he name check the fucking harmonica and sure then does. blows that shit to hell. So beautiful. Brings it down. Oh, my gosh. But it's also really fucking sad and really fucking beautiful. And that's probably the only moment in sentiment that I would want to see on Blood on the Tracks, only because it makes it the most cathartically depressing and exhilarating album of all time. Having this be the end and not Buckets of Rain, I can see the catharsis element of having this as that. But it's almost, I, I, I enjoy being, being told that I'm not allowed to have it all. Now we heard the sermon on the mount And I knew it was too complex It didn't amount to anything more Than what the broken glass reflects When you bite off more than you can chew You got to pay the penalty Somebody's got to tell the tale I guess it must be up to me Yeah, thematically, like, it got me thinking more As we talked about, I mean, it's really fun to break this down but I think thematically, we I, we've kind of covered it a little bit, I guess. It's hit and misses. You know, it's life comes at you fast, and you are constantly rolling with the punches. If we take it for what it is, not your version, uh, not even mine, sort of like not even thinking about a version. Like if we try to take it as 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 one person sitting down with their memory, it's pretty powerful in and of itself. And I think that's what we do. We just we count our our wins and our losses. And at the end of the day, Bob is also saying like. He's, he's justifying himself. He's trying to say, I did all of this and I own it, even if he doesn't agree with it, which I think is very on brand for Bob Dylan. Not being happy, but should be accountable. Mm-hmm. You know? And Absolutely. we have talked about that in Sarah, you know, pretending that why would you ever? Why is there ever a problem? <laughs> is it this woman I slept with and brought to breakfast in the morning like no of course it's not that you didn't like that yeah you didn't like that that i didn't come home last night weird weird uh this is not what i signed up for (laughs) yeah no it's it's that but bob dylan if we want to call him the person singing the song which he is but regardless the narrator whoever is doing this um there's at least in that second verse at least a description of like i know what i am and i know that i can't stop whatever train that i'm on but it sucks that I have to bring down other people. Like there's a desire to want that little life with Sarah that was going to be just them hanging out in a cottage and having a good life. And then there was, I'm a fucking rock star. And I, I just don't think he could square those circles. And that was the ruin of him and proved to be the catalyst of some of his best work and some of his worst work. And is it a wash? Who knows? I don't know. That's up to this podcast and only this podcast to decide. (laughs) Build me a cabin in Utah 
version the best it is fun to think about this as a murder i like the like murder fiction i, I like dupree going down personally dupree showing up anytime i'm just like what are you doing here dupree get out of here but i can definitely see this as like a punk song where mm-hmm. they're just like rolling through town doing stupid stuff they're in this shitty club another in this shitty club mm-hmm. and he got a job at that bar and was like fucking taking this picture down and mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I like i like taking this song as a punk song yeah and maybe that was a draw for me in a weird way because it's not a punk song yeah. But even him, just with a little casual, calm bass, mm-hmm. it's about as punk as fuck as you can get. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah, so this song, weirdly for me, this this is just two seconds here. Philadelphia, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. It's It was incredible to see the city of Philadelphia go crazy. I am from Washington, D.C. area, Virginia, Manassas, Virginia. I don't like the Eagles. I hate them, I would say. <laughs> but like everyone in the world, I was absolutely rooting for them over the Patriots. Oh, yeah. the, the worst the worst team uh, in the history of the world. But <laughs> but but it was really cool to see Philly and it was really surreal to be listening to this because as you know by now, I have I have a recording of my baby 19-year-old voice singing this song. <laughs> um, I almost didn't go to college. I almost stayed in Philadelphia to live in Philly. Uh, where I where I spent the summer of 2005 with friends, and I almost just I wanted to start a band in the same vein as Defiance Ohio, Against Me, anarcho punk folk band with guitar and you know bass like this. I mean, like a classical bass, that kind of stuff. That's what I wanted to do, and then I decided to go to college, and the rest is history. I mean, like you make that choice at that moment, but this song always spoke to that like. That passion that I had at that time and even that second verse was something that has carried with me throughout all these years because I wouldn't have left and traveled across this country if I didn't have that desire. I wouldn't have ended relationships that never would have had that element to them if I didn't want to go and do all of those things. So I'm glad that in the end that I did that. Something about this as well as somebody that pretends to be creative, at least in their own for their own self and for no one else. Every line as I went over is like a story. It just feels like a whole new world is opening up. And if we never meet again, baby, please remember me. And how my low guitar played sweet for you, that old time melody. And these callous fingers and these aching wrists, they strum it for you free. No one else could play this tune, you know it was up to me. thought so highly of the song that I recorded it when I was 20 so enjoy me singing uh, about it and also I want to say that me I never played this on a stage or anything but I did play it to you know people and crowds and stuff like that I mean I was playing music throughout my entire high school years 
this song in particular is so much fun because you can – that Thunderbird Cafe doesn't have to be the Thunderbird Cafe. Oh, yeah, it can be wherever. Nice. All these people that were just around my life at that point are enshrined in that song forever and it's weird. But it's also exactly what it was, which was I'm just going to put Chris's name in here. I'm just going to put Shane's name in here. I'm just going to put you know, whoever's name in here. Yeah. And, and it's fun because there's enough people that it feels like you can make it fresh and no one's ever heard this song. This song has like no presence. Yeah, that's um, true. Which is great because I I think it's when you find it, you're going to be so happy. And if and if you're listening to this podcast through and you're kind of going through lost gems or whatever, this is one of them. I promise you. This is like you're already hearing snippets of it, but I I highly recommend going to our website and listening to the full song on Spotify or Apple or whatever wherever you listen to it cuz this song it's just so much better than Tangled Up in Blue. That's all I can think of. And if I he would have so. sang Tangled Up in Blue the way this is sang, if he would have just changed, swapped the lyrics, mm-hmm. I wonder if it would have been as good. It's a fun. That's a fun. Because they are so similar. They're such, like, you know, a story really song. But <laughs> That's a great point. I don't actually know how I think about that. And Tangled for me, I mean, I put that number two of last season. Like, I, I hold Tangled Up in Blue in an incredible regard that maybe it doesn't quite deserve. I mean, I think but it, millions of people would well, say Well, no, yes. I, I know. But I think that's the one of all of the songs that are going to be in a top ten. That, that I think, is the only one that I am on board with the majority of the rest of the world yeah. putting in that top ten. And I don't know why. I think it's just because it was it was at a certain place in my own personal life. Like, I can make a case for dozens of other songs over it but i just have like this weird affinity to it even if even though i don't listen to it that often i just it's such an important song it's so weird i can hear it really perfectly in my head like instead of she was there when we first met soon to be divorced i can hear i can hear this song instead of playing just like yeah now i can't i know i forgot but yeah hold on i'm gonna get it so it's there now i can think about singing open blue why do you do this to yourself It's good. <laughs> so. Oh, that was that was it. That was for the podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, oh, hey, no, no, everybody, be quiet. I'm listening to it in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's good. It's good. You guys are so loud. Yeah, and so I mean, you can take like, the lyrics, yeah, right? Yeah. Can't you take a lyric and no? But, it, oh, but you I wanna... want I want the song. Like instead, it's like she was married when we first met, soon to be divorced. Like you just take the same song and you put like and those put lyrics on it. I wonder if it would work. I. I mean, you would have to stretch it a bit because yeah. you would have to elongate certain things. But oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. I wonder if you could do it. I mean, I can hear it. I can hear it. I can't sing it or explain it, but I can hear but it. That's good. It. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I think it's possible. And if you've done it, let us know. <laughs> SOTW Pod at Twitter, uh, SoundCloud, Instagram, Tumblr, Tumblr for sure. Most importantly, all over the internet, and we are absolutely one hundred percent on Patreon.com. Uh, slash SOTW pod. So you can follow us there. You can check out all the kind of stuff that we're putting out. And if you're into it, why don't you throw us a dollar? Because that would definitely help our costs here. We're looking to be sustainable uh, to bring this great content to you, Bob Dylan fans, and maybe not Bob Dylan fans, maybe Killian Daniel fans. Hey! You're out there. I know you are. So we uh, we we are offering that to you. Uh, just go over there and check it out. That's all we want you to do, really, is just see the kind of fun stuff that we have there. And if you do subscribe, regardless of the tier, you're going to get a special gift. All right, Kelly. Outside of Bob Dylan and Up to Me, which is fantastic, 
what else were we doing this week in 2018? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I tried to listen to Peter Gabriel. It's not on Spotify. Yeah, this has really been a hang-up of yours this week. <laughs> I don't know it's why. Just, this thing happened to me. I was watching a show that's not very good on Hulu, but it has Adam Scott and Craig Robinson in it, and I wanted to try. It's like X-Files, but funny, which sounds like it could be good. Actually terrible. Mm. So they were sit- listening to a song in the car that is not a Peter Gabriel song, but it is another 80s song that gives me a very specific feeling that I can't put my finger on. How would I explain it? doesn't make any sense. But it's the same feeling I get when I listen to Coming in the Air Tonight or whatever it is. Feeling Con- Phil Collins, right? Mm-hmm. And it also is the same feeling I get when I listen to uh, this Peter Gabriel song that I can't remember the name of. I thought you were going to reference going up the country or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but I can't eat. Because yeah. <laughs> that seems to be where all of this leads to. <laughs> I do have a playlist. Oh, nice. That's called Weird 80s Feelings. Wow, you have a very specific playlist. Yeah, because it's a very specific feeling <laughs> that apparently no algorithm can match because if in an ideal world, Spotify would have Peter Gabriel, and in a more ideal world, they would have Peter Gabriel and understand the exact specific feeling I'm having That's and therefore right. recommend songs based on that. They tried. They gave me the Alan Parsons Project, this whack-ass song with an even more whack-ass cover, and that was fine, but it's not the right feeling i can't stress to you enough the alan parsons project what is that great question daniel <laughs> i didn't investigate further <laughs> all right but okay so you have the 80s players but peter gabriel is not on here because he can't be on here, that. but he is but he can't uh so higher love was the song that was in that show okay ghost something i don't fucking know i'm scott and craig robinson if you look that up it'll be there higher love by Steve Winwood. Okay, I do Bring know. Bring me Steve. a higher love. Yeah, you yeah, know that I song. Yeah, I do know that song. Yeah. You sure do. So in the air tonight. Yeah. The Phil Collins Phil song. Bonds. In your eyes, Peter Gabriel. Okay. That's the one. They have a weird live version. That's the only one that's on Spotify. There's like five Peter Gabriel songs on Spotify. They're all live and they're all bad. <laughs> that's one. So it's a stand-in until we get the official version. Exactly, and then also every little kiss by Bruce Hornsby. So those are the first. <laughs> songs i have on my playlist if anyone out there that listens to this podcast can take those four songs and understands what i'm saying (laughs) recommend please please let help me build my weird 80s very specific playlist live are they public no that one should be public because they're for me I know, There's but, only five songs on it. No, but that should be if you're and asking one them, people. One of them we is need cheating to build it. because one of them is "Little Light of Love" by Eric Serra, was which was on the fucking Fifth Element soundtrack. But it gives me that same feeling. That was made in the '90s, so it doesn't count. But it's fine. I think you should make that one public. All right. That one should be public and should be tweeted out. We should do that. Okay. I will do that. Okay. All my instincts they return. Grand facade so soon will burn without a voice, without my pride. I'll reach out from inside. In your eyes, the light, the heat. I read a book, Kelly, 
coyotes. Weird. Well, okay, that is actually weird about coyotes, but you reading a book, not weird. No. Coyote America by Dan Flores. Hey, his name is your name, too. It is. It's almost. He's great. It's such a great book. I'm about halfway through, so I don't know how it ends. All of this is spurred on by two things. One, Lewis and Clark, obviously. Two, (laughs) is that I walked out of my house one day in August, and I walked to my car, and I was confronted on the sidewalk by a coyote. You took a picture. I took a lot of pictures. And a woman at the nursing community came out with her little dog, and she was like, that's a coyote. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, they're going to eat my dog. And that's not a joke. Jessica Simpson's dog was taken by a coyote my goodness. and was never returned. <laughs> Unlike most coyotes that have the decency to return a pet that they've yes. infected, this one did not. This one did not. <laughs> So she wasn't wrong, but I realized at that moment that as weird as it would be to have a coyote in Virginia and Portland, I realized then I don't actually know where coyotes are from. Like in my head, it's just deserts and that's true. They come from the Southwest. I mean, they come from like Mexico. Um, They're they're like the OG religious deity of – North America. They're oh, wow. unique only to America. They're 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 related to the gray wolf in the same way that we're related to chimpanzees gotcha. and orangutans. Four percent difference, which you know is not a lot, but is immense. enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, they were first discovered. Uh, I mean, a long time ago by Spanish settlers and stuff like that, who called it a prairie wolf. Um, William Clark of Lewis and Clark did not know that this was found, but he they called them a prairie wolf as well. I mean, it's not inaccurate. It's not inaccurate, no. And and so basically what what the point of the book is sort of starting out with is that there is only one other species on Earth that has colonized the amount of space from the deserts. They have been sighted all the way in the Arctic Circle. Holy there was, shit. Before 1950, there was no coyotes west of the Cascade Mountains. There was no coyotes in the mountains. There was there are no coyotes east of the Mississippi River. Damn. Because how do you get a, a, a thing across? Yeah. There are sightings now of coyotes in New York City and what? in Boston. And they become news stories. And he's basically dispelling that it it's not actually a news story. Like, coyotes and humans are connected. Like, there is a symbiotic relationship in a sense. We think that we're, like, destroying their habitats or something, and they're coming into our – because we, they have nowhere to go. But that's not really true. There's a kinship here. Like, there's a connection that people saw 10,000 years ago when they started making coyotes their god because coyotes and humans are one and the same. We're quick-witted. We're smart. We can be pack animals if we want to, which is unique to coyotes. They're social animals, but they can also be by themselves. Solitary. Whereas like wolves, there's you'll never find a wolf pack that doesn't go together. That's why the eradication of wolves was so successful because you can just put a poison trap for a wolf and they're dead. They're all dead because oh, they're all going to go after that one piece of meat. Whereas the coyote's like, eh, fuck that. Nope. See you later. <laughs> and, and it has its own autonomy to leave, which I found amazing. And seeing them is incredible. And he really summed it up really well. Uh, He said, quote, What makes predators unusually compelling for so many of us lies deeply enough in the human psyche that it could be called a genetic memory. To confront a predator is to stand before the dual-faced god from our deep past. That is why we look longer, more intently, with more studied fascination at predators than at any other kind of animal. 
And I just sat with that coyote for a good 20 minutes. Game watching it. Game. Just, it was just <laughs> sitting in the road. And you're just drawn to it. I mean, there's nothing like it. No regrets, coyote. We just come from such different sets of circumstance. I'm up all night in the studios and you're up early on your ranch. You'll be brushing out a broodmare's tail while the sun is ascending. And I'll just be getting home with my real to real. Just don't come through All right, Kelly, so that is the end of Up To Me. What a fucking ride. What a fantastic fucking song. I'm sad it's over. It's like all these songs. I'm so sad that we're leaving it because you know what's on the other side of it? Uncertainty. I know. You know what? I'm actually really worried. What if this is the peak? What if there's actually never a better Bob Dylan song than this? That's a great <laughs> question. I mean, if, if this is your peak, I mean, there's some good ones, but this might be the best one. That's really sad. Wow, that's dark. You know, in theory, we will listen to the best Bob Dylan song before the end. Like, there's no way to close on the best. Well, I mean, no, the unless chances. Blind Willie McTell is the best <laughs> well, song. And it's great, but is it the best? I mean, we are closing on that, so that's true. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, anyways, okay, Kelly, we are at 488. What's your guess? 293. Wasn't prepared. Well, I was for once. I didn't have to hammer on or anything. It just came to me. Maybe that'll actually be right. It was not 293. <laughs> but 293, though, would have been... So nervous. Okay, this is what have been a basement tape song. Uh, remember, we got rid of most of the basement tapes, so any basement tape that shows up now is a legit basement tape. It's either from the 75 release or it's a complete song. <laughs> <laughs> so th- this one is fantastic. So it's three takes, but it's uh, Tears of Rage, uh, which is a, an amazing song uh, with the band and Bob Dylan in the basement. Absolutely fantastic. However, for all the stoners out there, 420! Oh! 420! Is the right one. What is lucky 420? <laughs> See that my grave is kept clean. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's what our playlist is called, Kat. Fantastic. All right. So we are going from 1974, 75, all the way back to his very first record. So this is not actually his song. This is a cover. This is an old blues song that Bob is tapping into. So we are going back to the OG, even before Freewheeling Bob Dylan. This is song, The Woody Era. Got his Huckleberry Finn cap, and we're going back. I'm going to love it. Listen to our playlist featuring See That My Grave Is Kept Clean at See That My Playlist Is Kept Clean. You see, now it all fits. You can now connect with everything that I'm saying. Doesn't it feel better? It's like the last puzzle piece has been put together, Kelly. All of this is is good. When we get mixed up confusion, then it all makes sense. Ooh. And also, you want to ramble. Because that's now a thing. Oh, We're just creating a lot of stuff. So, bef- <laughs> so before we go, oh, man. 
one final RIP to Mickey Jones. You you might know Mickey Jones as Rodney Dunham, Hot Rod from Justified, or Pete Bilker from Home Improvement. You'll definitely remember him as somebody who showed up one time in Boy Meets World. For sure. He was also in Sling Blade. He was in Tin Cup. Big, burly, bearded. He's a classic example of that guy. He passed away today um, or this week if you're listening to it. Now, the Dylan connection is probably something that we don't know right off the bat. But I do believe that you remember a moment where somebody shouted, Judas! Uh, absolutely. And Bob Dylan said, I don't believe you. And then he turned around to the band, and a young man, Ricky Jones, behind the drums. Oh, shit, that's right. He was in said, the fucking band. And he said, play it fucking loud. And Mickey played it loud. Rest in peace, Mickey. We'll see you next time.